Looking beyond Chinese diasporas, how can we consider other transcultural perspectives when interrogating the notion of cosmopolitanism? In the second podcast episode, our film programmer, Tharun Suresh, speaks with Najwa Abdullah. Najwa is a PhD candidate in cultural studies at the Department of Communications and New Media at the National University of Singapore, where her research focuses on the technological and meaning-making processes transpiring in contemporary Islamic cinema in Indonesia. She holds an MA in Critical Media and Cultural Studies from SOAS, University of London, and her areas of interest include the history of communications, popular culture, critical theory, and post-colonial thought. Today's conversation will be about her research on Indonesian cinema, with a particular focus on Lucky Kuswandi's recent production, Ali and the Ratu Ratu Queens, dwelling on the tensions particular to family, cultural exchange, identity, modernization, and everything in between. While Ali and the Ratu Ratu Queens is not being screened as part of this film program, the conversation offers us a tangential look into these themes orbiting the broader notions of diaspora and cosmos in our film program, The Distant Shore. Good afternoon, Najwa, and thank you so much for joining us for this recorded conversation. One of the key interests of our film program is to query this loaded and dense notion of cosmopolitanism, which we repeatedly foreground on our marketing materials, our website, our program in general, with all of its associations with urbanity, modernity, and identity. In your research, you deal with Indonesian cinema from a cultural and media analytical perspective. In, the, in that regard, what do you think cosmopolitanism means in the context of Indonesian cinema? particularly as it is framed against the backdrop of what we now call globalization. All right. Um, thank you uh, so much, uh, Mr. Tarun, and thank you for NUS Museum uh, for inviting me here. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Now, probably I introduce myself first. Um, I'm, I'm more of a cultural studies uh, scholar than a film scholar, as, as you already mentioned. So in terms of uh, how I relate to the concept of cosmopolitanism or engage with the concept of cosmopolitanism uh, in my work, uh, apart from uh, the pursuit of self-authenticity and uh, the attempt to become a global citizen is to actually uh, depart from uh, the kind of Eurocentric or Western-centric kind of uh, self-representation. So to come up with an alternative uh, vocabularies and alternative uh, way of seeing ourselves beyond what is described to us uh, in um, an Orientalist paradigm, uh, for example, to kind of like get away from that dichotomy, that that world bipolarity between the East and the West, uh, which is something of a colonial legacy uh, in the past. I think that's the critical aspect that I want to uh, engage in my work about uh, Indonesian films. I think for listeners, the subject matter of this particular podcast might seem a little tangential or adjacent to the topic of mm-hmm. Chinese diaspora and cosmopolitanism. Yeah. 
But part of the point why we wanted to take this tangent with this episode was to tease out ways in which we can avoid limiting or in some sense provincializing the scope of the program mm-hmm, and to take on interesting and problematizing tangents so as to spark lines of inquiry. So on that note, in what ways do you think, Najwa, a discussion of Indonesian film history or a media can speak to the concerns of our program and expand or enrich a discussion of Chinese diaspora cosmopolitan Um, I think uh, the Indonesian film history uh, can tell us a lot about uh, the the state of uh, the representation of Chinese minority outside of the um, Chinese-speaking region. And usually, ethnic Chinese minorities so far are largely represented by Malaysia and Singapore, but not uh, so much uh, Indonesia. I mean, in the global uh, film scene also. But I think there are so many perspectives that. Indonesian cinema can offer, particularly uh, uh, the barrier between uh, films and an empowering, uh, a more empowering exploration of cosmopolitanism, which is actually the state of policy. So uh, the Indonesian experience, uh, the Indonesian cinema experience probably can tell us a lot about the complexity between minority identities, specifically the Chinese minority and state policy. So. Uh, there are uh, a few films, there are a few Indonesian films that actually tell about uh, Chinese Indonesians uh, living overseas and engaged in the idea of being a cosmopolitan global citizen. But uh, I think especially after the reform in 1998, there are uh, more engagement in the result to resolve the conflict between um, the, the Chinese minorities and uh, the tension between the Chinese minorities and the Indonesian uh, state policy, but, uh, particularly the insular approach towards uh, the idea of Indonesianness. So there are many um, Indonesian filmmakers, especially in the early 2000s, that kind of like uh, explore uh, this, this issue. And I think one of the most iconic example is uh, Edwin's uh, film, The, the Blind Pig uh, the, the Who Wants to Fly. So I think um, the, uh, the, the idea of resolving the tension at home first before we can actually engage with the, with the larger scope of cosmopolitanism is what uh, Indonesian filmmakers are currently doing. So um, there's two uh, major uh, tragedies that always uh, become the center of engagement in this regard, which is the first is the state violence in 1966, and another is the 1990, 1998. So uh, I think um, one of the one of the things that is highlighted in Luki Kuswandi's film, for example, uh, or Letters of the Letters of Unprotected. Yes, yeah, that one is actually the cultural uh, estrangement of Chinese Indonesians even after uh, the the reform, like the association of Chinese identity and communism, for example, and the association uh, of uh, the Chinese um, uh, business professionals or the, the economic network with the Asian financial crisis in 1997. Those are the big major themes that uh, the, the Indonesian filmmakers uh, keep, uh, continue to engage uh, in their work. And I think that can uh, give uh, a larger dimension of Well, what kind of struggles, what kind of uh, challenges that uh, ethnic Chinese minorities face at home, uh, 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 face at home outside of the Chinese-speaking uh, region uh, in China and the 
and the surroundings. Yeah. Quite coincidentally, a filmmaker we'd been wanting to screen for this program was uh, Lucky Kaswani, in particular, his short film, uh, Letters of Unprotected Memories, precisely because of the discussion of um, this complicated and, and, and troubled history of race relations yeah. um, in Indonesia. Um, and uh, on that note, in our discussions before this uh, podcast, you brought up uh, this film by Lucky Kaswani, Alien, the Rapalapi Oh, yeah. As a sort of to speak on this topic of cosmopolitanism, which is a really interesting film about a young man named Ali who searches for his estranged mother in New York mm-hmm. and uh, in the process boards with a, a group of women in Queens mm-hmm. who would help him to sort of find his mother. So, Natra, what drew you to Ali and the Rapalapi Queens and um, what, what is so interesting about this film? Yeah, I think uh, one of the most uh, uh, memorable uh, aspects about the film is actually the portrayals of the women and, and the main uh, male character that really catches my attention. And with the, what is it, yeah, with the current uh, pandemic situation where a lot of disruptions are happening in the film industry, I think Ali and Rajaratu Kings is one, one of the uh, one of the most accomplished films in the pandemic. So, and it's easily accessible as well. So I think uh, in that way, uh, the, the accessibility of the film, but also a unique engagement of Luki Kuswandi with the theme of cosmopolitanism and also the, the, the depiction of the women characters really uh, stood out to me. Right, yeah. and, and there's something very striking about watching a film about travel, international travel, and yes, exactly. The, time of the, the, the irony, yeah. I mean, in in, in Ali Rathodi Queens, we we seem to be told a story that we recognize as the American dream. Yes. Right? Our protagonist is living with an immigrant community that is hustling for a new life in New York, which is in turn framed as a world of reinvention, self-discovery, and to yes. some degree, freedom. What struck me as interesting was the slight sense, however, articulated through the struggles and failures of Ali's mother to pursue her dreams mm-hmm. as a singer. Like Kaswandi is actually complicating the reality of this American mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, What do you make of the film's depiction of this and, and how do you make sense? Yes, um, about the idea of uh, reinvention, self-discovery and freedom. And if, if we tie this to the notion of modernity or cosmopolitanism, in a way, Ali and Atwata Kings uh, gives another example of how uh, for, for the process of uh, being a modern self or a process of being the cosmopolitan selves sometimes require you, if not pushes you, to actually find a family outside of that uh, familial bonds, outside of that blood ties. So by uh, by that, that kind of modern demand that requires you to move away to different places, but then that kind of primordial needs to actually find uh, somebody or some people to belong to, I think uh, the idea of American dream here translated into uh, Finding uh, like your tribe, finding the, uh, the people that you can connect with beyond that uh, familial ties, uh, and that bond is actually dreams also because this is uh, what Ali, uh, the mom, and the Indonesian aunties share together. Like Ali wants to become an illustrator or or an artist, and then the, the Indonesian aunties uh, they want to uh, to establish a restaurant in New York, and the moms although the dream. Uh, failed in a way, uh, uh, the, uh, she continues uh, to, to create a new family um, in New York in that regard. Yeah. 
Uh, I cannot make a definitive statement about the reality of American dream or what it means because I I've never been there and my only access to to the idea of American dream is or mainly through Hollywood and other uh, kinds of films. But if I can I can share uh, my observation uh, about how American dream is depicted in Indonesian cinema, for example, um, I think in the more commercial, more more kind of a pop culture. Um, mainstream filmmakings, uh, we do associate American Dream as as that kind of cliches, like with, with a very strong touristy gaze, like New York, a beautiful place with uh, with the skyscrapers and and beautiful architecture, and a place of heightened freedom, a melting pot, and um, what is it? Uh, a, a place where you can actually pursue uh, your yourself, uh, your your authentic self. The idea of self-actualization is very much ties to to New York and the American dream, and also um, this is not just New York. Actually, the depictions of this uh, imagined uh, cosmopolitan place as a, as a as a utopian place is also applies to other global cities like Paris or or London to a certain extent. And I think um beyond that kind of uh what is it utopian imagination which is in a way is actually depicted in Lukikus Wande's film but then he added uh, a little bit of uh, the complexity of social reality in these uh places yeah. right and, and and i guess precisely on that note like ali by the end of the film he comes to recognize this new family right? yeah. a family that's transcultural transcending in ties mm-hmm. of blood and friendship and I guess that was interesting to me precisely because at the start of the film with Ali and Rafael we can see mm. um uh Ali sitting with 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 his family back in Indonesia. Oh, it's, yes. it's a it's a traditional yes. um uh, uh we have a traditional image of the Indonesian family and it's mm-hmm. juxtaposed with what we have at the end of the film which is a lot more I guess it, we could call it modern reinvented something sort of that that mm-hmm. that is uh reimagining something that can go beyond flies and ties and these Yes, yes. I guess on that note, what do you do? You think that um, this depiction of uh, family identity reflects a broader tension between traditional concepts of family mm-hmm. and cosmopolitan Oh yes, yes, definitely. So if we move back to that scene where Ali was seated with the families, and I think it was in a religious procession. Right. I think they're having a celebration, and and they invited uh, the families over for. Um, for 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 a meal for a feast, right? And we see from the way they dress, it's very much different. Like uh, it's uh, they they wear Islamic dress, and uh, Ali's aunt in Indonesia, like uh, she's very concerned about Ali being there, right? Like please don't eat pork, please do not do this and that. So she she has that concerns of uh, Ali uh, having to adjust with a new lifestyle and change himself uh, in the process. Yeah, so. I think uh, that kind of contrast between uh, Ali's life uh, uh, in Indonesia and the and the the way the family is and what he finds in New York, uh, living with four very different, very uh, unique, each very individually unique uh, group of Indonesian aunties, kind of uh, contrasted in a way that reminds me with other themes of cosmopolitanism. In Indonesian films, so there are many ways that Indonesian uh, filmmakers engage with these themes, 
and one of the ways is actually to kind of like find an alternative form of modernity and cosmopolitanism and uh, in this uh, in this kind of approach sometimes the muslim identity stands out among other uh, cultural identities that exist uh, in indonesia being a very diverse uh, place yeah um now uh, there are so many uh, different uh, 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 articulations very different film articulations so sometimes they engage uh, in a critical way meaning that uh, the constructions of alternative modernity requires you to engage with uh, both cultures uh, equally meaning that uh, it's not just about uh, what is it bringing out an islamic identity but also interpret, interpret the world meaningfully beyond that binary between the s the east or or the west but there are also other films uh mainly the mainstream the pop culture commercial uh, film uh, films uh, that are out there that actually uh, more on the reactionary side meaning that when they try to actually construct an alternative form identity and making um, the islamic identity central in the engagement they they kind of like perpetuate uh the the orientalist tendency to actually uh for example, portray the Western world as something threatening against, mm. uh, threatening to the to the Eastern culture, which is depicted to be the spiritual, the more religious, compared to the material West. Uh, sometimes this can happen in uh, in Indonesian uh, popular representation, such as the 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 the, the Islamic in uh, commercial uh, films. So that emphasis on yeah, the irreconcilability of Islam in the modern world is some, something that is uh, conspicuous in the current um, uh, Indonesian film trend. Because I think if we can uh, group Ali and Adriatic themes in, in one of the genres that are popular in Indonesia, it can be categorized or uh, put under the, the film trend that that tries to depict uh, Indonesian characters living overseas. So this is actually uh, a very uh, uh, recent and also uh, popular in a way that it has a market demand to have uh, this kind of um, uh, setting and a character uh, development. So that's that's one thing. Uh, but to put that aside, I think that kind of dichotomy is touched upon in Lukitus on this film in a way that Ali's family uh, in the beginning is really in contrast with what Ali's uh, found uh, in New York but uh, I didn't see that he tries to essentialize also because in the end the, the Indonesian uh, uh, Ali's aunt in Indonesia actually accepts uh, Ali's decision to actually right. moving on with his life um, in New York and even bring I think one of his cousins. Right. Yeah, but in a way, it's a it's a very utopian approach, as well. In the end, um, I think it was too easy for Ali to to get the scholarship and so on. But I think uh, if we look at this in terms of uh, what is it, yeah, in terms of uh, balancing between uh, what what the director uh, wants in terms of bringing out the complexity. And actually, to meet the demand of the market, I think it's a quite um, a notable achievement. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, that, that that was something I was thinking about as well. That um, I mean, this this idea of utopian imagining, right? Yeah. Um, 
and 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 having seen some of other Latifah Swanee's films, it, it, this film struck me as slightly different tonally and yeah, it's and very different. Like, it's yeah. a very different film, and and uh, I I. I I think I'm accustomed to looking at Sony's films for the ending to be a bit more dark, yes, a little bit yeah. more um, provocative. And in this, at the end of the film, he did tie it up with a bit of a, a bow very nicely. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you do have a point. I think at the end, um, Ali's cousin in his shop, there's a there's a shot of like I think um, New York skyscrapers that he sort of painted on the wall. Oh, the yes. idea that even the imagination of Utopia returns back into. Mm-hmm. The, in, in the Indonesia. Yes, 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 I remember. And I guess in in Ali and Rafi Rakim's, we're being told a story of cultural estrangement and assimilation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it strikes me that a great deal of his other films are also interested in moments of defamiliarization and estrangement. Um, as we talked about earlier with the short film Letters on Protected Memories, in which repressed and forgotten histories and identities mm-hmm. are surfaced and reconciled to the celebration of him life. Yeah. When the case of uh, the fox exploits the tiger's might, in which sexual undercurrents burst up in unexpected striking faces and implicate the relations of power and authority, it seems to me that Kuswandi is both aware of the uneven power relations that constitute even the most seemingly benign cultural encounters, as well as of the possibility, um, particularly in this film, of building and bridging cultural gaps despite this. And I think there's something strikingly optimistic and cosmopolitan yes. about the attitude of Ali and Rafael the Queens. Towards cultural exchange. So, what, what do you think about the depiction of cultural difference in Kuswandi's films in general? Is this something we can generalize about Indonesian cinema? I, I guess we sort of talked a little bit about this idea of um, Kuswandi's film as being the sort of category of films that view the binaries as critical, as yeah, something to sort of yeah. take apart. But do you think a different story is being told in general in contemporary Indonesian cinema? And how is Kuswandi's mm-hmm. films in tension with this? Yeah, I think uh, let's start with uh, looking for some of these films first. Yeah, like as you uh, as you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, the latest one Ali and Ratuati Kings is very different from from other uh, his other works, and I think um, it would be relevant to bring up uh, the 2014 film in the absence of the sun, Selamat pagi malam. Uh, that one sir has a more um, dark tone, as you mentioned, and. Uh, a, a, a greater critique towards the idea of cosmopolitanism, although it is not delivered in the setting of an overseas cities like New York or Paris or or other places, but it's actually a critique of uh, Jakarta kind of uh, superficial approach to cosmopolitanism. So it's actually a critique of um, uh, uh, the middle, the upper middle class Jakartans who are alienated from the surroundings, from the Indonesian. Uh, cult- uh, the, from the various uh, Indonesian cultural traditions, which is in a way a systematic problem because we have that uh, three decade long of cultural uh, repressions and uh, heightened censorship, which actually pushes us to consume more of foreign products or entertainment or pop culture in general than to actually engage with uh, our own culture. So it's, a, it's in a way a byproduct of a cultural policy in the past, but then Luki Kuswandi tried to critique that in the absence of the sign through a depictions of of uh, of a uh, former couple uh, who is separated when uh, when one of them uh, went back to Indonesia and the other one stays in New York. So uh, in the film, it's a lesbian couple, but then in, back in Indonesia, uh, they, have, they have separated, but then they are re- uh, reunited in a way that actually 
um, I think they they're very nostalgic in the film, remembering what they what they the life that they had in New York. So the the kind of imagination where in New York you can be yourself, but then uh, as soon as you move to Indonesia, you have to hide your queer identity. And this is just one fragment of story among many others that Lupi Kuswandi tries to to portray uh, in the film. So actually, uh, a more dystopian attitude towards cosmopolitanism. Uh, the way, based on my observation, uh, is largely engaged through the critique of Jakarta, the cosmopolitan center of Indonesia itself. And uh, um, the, the, that critical engagement, I think it's yet to to, to materialize in the recent trend of uh, depicting Indonesian characters overseas because it's very much still developing uh, in a way. But to kind of like contrast what Luki Kuswandi uh, did between uh, the cosmopolitan, the utopian cosmopolitanism that, that he depicts in Ahli and Ratu Kings and the dark and not so utopian imaginations of Jakarta cosmopolitanism in the absence of the sun. And about that note on the, the cliched uh, definitions of American dream, if we, if we see uh, Luki Kuswandi's Ali and Rafuati Queens as a film that actually promotes uh, that cliche, I think if we can, if we can expand uh, the, the context a little bit, I think that notions of um, American dream is ties to the idea of good life, the fantasy of good life, that that is actually uh, prevalent in so many film cultures these days. Not just uh, Indonesian film cultures, but if we uh, if we see the the core of it, the Hollywood and to a certain extent uh, Bollywood, I think um, um, in a way they still kind of perpetuate that uh, that very uh, conventional idea of. Uh, what American uh, uh, dream is. So uh, that association of American dream and a more fulfilled and uh, improved way of life, uh, something that's, uh, that can be identified uh, in many kind of uh, film industries or cultures across the world, I think. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, um... I think it's, it's time to sort of wrap up our conversation. All right, yes. You know, I, I think our conversation has really shed light on some of the tensions and nuances that are attended with this idea of cosmopolitanism has been figured in mm -hmm. Southeast Asia. If only to tell an intriguing and provocative parallel narrative to the one that we spotlighted to the film screenings ourselves. Thank you so much, Nadra, for joining us for this podcast and for sharing with us. You're very much welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. We've come to the end of our second episode with Nachwa Abdullah, and I hope you enjoyed sitting in and listening to our conversation. You can watch Ali and the Ratu Ratu Queens by Lucky Kuswandi on Netflix. This podcast series is a part of the NUS Museum film program, The Distant Shore, which spans feature and short films, podcast episodes, and a film club. 
In this rolling podcast series, we speak to academics, artists, and curators to unpack the complexities of discourse tangent to the film program and its films, excavating historical moments and memories through cinema, while peering through the complications and tensions that spring out from the troubled notions of cosmopolitanism and modernity emerging at the dawn of globalization in the early 1900s to the present. This film program is conceived around the NUS Museum exhibition, Fistful of Colors, up for view now in our Lee Kong Chien Gallery. Join us for other podcast episodes by following us on Spotify and our SoundCloud and find out more about our film program, The Distant Shore, via our website at museum.nus.edu.sg slash thedistanceshore. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at NUS Museum for more updates. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and we hope to see you again soon.